0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له، ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته. ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ظلالة وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد First and foremost, my brothers I praise Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala that he has gathered us in this masjid, again, to discuss the affairs of the religion, to seek knowledge, to seek nearness to Allah, through this act of worship of seeking ilm. And this affair, my brothers, is a great affair. The Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam mentions in the hadith of uh, Mu'awiyah ibn Abi Sufyan, That the one who Allah wants good for, He gives him understanding, fiqh in the religion. And this is a great hadith, it's a tremendous hadith, and it reminds us that it's a ni'mah from Allah that we find ourselves in the sittings of ilm, the circles of knowledge, that we seek knowledge, that we strive for knowledge. And this is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That which is explicitly understood from this hadith Is if Allah wants good for you The affair of seeking knowledge is made easy Allah gives you understanding, fiqh In the religion And that which is understood from the hadith And it's a scary thought my brothers If Allah doesn't want good for you If he doesn't want good for you then he won't give you understanding in the religion and you will remain upon ignorance and that you will be left to your own devices and this of course is a scary thought that one remains in his jahl his ignorance the way he lives his life, he remains upon that without trying to better himself how does one better himself? by ilm he learns his religion The affairs of the religion, the obligations that Allah has commanded him with. He learns about these affairs, how to practice them, how to fulfill them with their rights. This can only be known through ilm and seeking knowledge. Shaykhul Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, he mentions that falah, success and sa'adah, bliss and happiness lies in two affairs. Al-ilm al-nafi' al amal al-salih. Beneficial knowledge and righteous deeds How is knowledge beneficial? If it leads to amal So you learn your religion, you seek knowledge And then you act upon that And without this my brothers Without ilm Without striving for ilm Then a person Will be upon a dangerous path A path to destruction May Allah protect us from that. And so today, my brothers, we begin a book of one of the imams of our times in the last uh, hundred years or so, Shaykh Abdurrahman al sadi Rahimahullah. And in this book, he compiled a number of narrations pertaining to affairs of the religion, aqidah, akhlaq, ibadah, the Shaykh he compiled a hadith that are few in words but contain much benefit, much fawa'id. And Shaykh Abdul Rahman al-Sadi, he was from the scholars of Al-Unayza in Saudi Arabia in a city called Al Uneza. He was born there and he studied from a very young age. His mother died when he was four. His father died when he was six. But he had a good tarbiyah He was raised in a good way seeking knowledge from a young age and he was known for his ilm and hifth and so on. He has much works and he has khidmah for the religion. He served the religion. Duru's, authorships, and so on. An indication of the rank of this imam are the students that he had From his students, and perhaps the most well-known from them is Sheikh uthaymeen Muhammad ibn Salih al uthaymeen rahimahullah Is from his most famous students Who benefited from him the most, possibly Remained with him for a number of years From the same city Shaykh Huthaymin, and of course we all know Shaykh Huthaymin, Rahimahullah, and his efforts in the religion. Also from his students, you had Shaykh Abdullah al-Bassam, another mountain of knowledge in his own right. From the students of Shaykh Rahman al-Saadi. And there were other students. So Shaykh Rahman al-Saadi, or as some say, al-Saadi, Rahimahullah, he had a number of works. He has a, uh, a tafsir of the Quran, which he is very well known for he has books in fiqh, in aqeedah, poems he served the religion and he strove for the purpose of ilm and so this collection of narrations here Sheikh Atul al sadi rahimahullah, he mentions in his introduction he says after praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his beautiful names and lofty attributes and sending peace and blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu he mentions rahimahullah that after the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is nothing more true or more truthful more beneficial and nothing combines good like the speech of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. After the speech of Allah, the kalam of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the best in terms of truthfulness, in terms of benefit, in terms of combining khair in the dunya and the akhirah. And he said, الله, the reason being, it's because he sallallahu alaihi wasallam was a'lamul khalq. He was the most knowledgeable of the creation. Wa a'dhamuhum nushan wa irshadan wa hidayah. And he was the greatest of them in giving advice and in guiding and showing the true hidayah, true guidance. بَيَانًا wa وَتَفْصِيلًا And the most eloquent of the creation In bayan, in clarifying and founding and uh, laying down foundations And giving the details of the religion For those affairs وَأَحْسَنُهُمْ تَعْلِيمًا And he was the best of the khalq, of the creation in teaching Prophet sallam and he was given, وسلم, that which was known as al الْكَلِمِ And this is, is a, a reference to a hadith where the Prophet صَلَى الله عليه وسلم said I have been favoured over the Prophets by six affairs The first of them he mentioned is Jawami al الْكَلِمِ I have been given that which is known as Jawami on kalim and they, my brothers are, the fact that he sallallahu alayhi wa was able to speak with few words, that which contained much benefit and much khayr. And this was a fadl from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Shaykh Rahman al Sa'di he said, and he was given this fadl from Allah that he was able to make his speech concise to speak with few words that had much benefit and in spite of the words being few in number they were very clear complete in clarity and bayan and so he mentioned Rahimahullah. it has become apparent to me that I want to mention a number of these narrations that contain these jawami ul kalim In affairs of the religion And then he also mentioned rahimahullah that he will delve into some of these issues and affairs that the ahadith pertain to Explaining and giving bayan and clarity ma'al ikhtisar Whilst trying to be concise, Because the, the shaykh said, الله, he does not want to go into um, detail or further detail as it is not possible. He wants to keep it concise. فَأَقُولُ مُسْتَعِينًا بِاللَّهِ Minhu مِنْهُ And so he said, الله, I say, seeking Allah's aid, عز Asking from him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, ease And then he mentions the ahadith And alongside the explanation of these ahadith of Shaykh Abdurrahman Al-Sa'adi We will mention some of the benefits and ta'liqat, commentary of the Imam The Shaykh Ubaid Ibn Abdullah Al-Jabiri, rahimahullah um, Who has Provided ta'liqat uh, upon these narrations. The first hadith he mentioned al Hadith Al awwal is from Umar ibn Khattab, عن and anhu ibn Khattab, and Omar ibn Khattab, and anhu and Omar, and Omar, الله Omar, and 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 Omar, فهجرته إلى الله ورسوله، ومن كانت هجرته لدنيا يصيبها أو امرأة ينكحها، فهجرته إلى ما هاجر إليه. متفق عليه. So the first hadith he mentioned. رحمه الله. إذا حديث عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه قال. I heard the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم saying, indeed actions are based upon intentions. And indeed, for every person is that which he intended. For every person is that which he intended. So whomsoever made hijrah to Allah and his messenger, وسلم, then his hijrah is for Allah and his messenger. And whomsoever made hijrah to attain a portion of the dunya, or for the sake of the dunya, Or to marry a woman Then his hijrah is for that which he made migration for This is the first hadith And this hadith is narrated in the Sahihain The Sahih of Imam al-Bukhari And the Sahih of Imam Muslim The second hadith, he mentions two narrations together The hadith al-Thani Is the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha when she said قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said man ahdatha fi amrina hada ma laysa minhu and fi riwayah man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna fa huwa radd that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said whosoever newly invents into this affair of ours that which is not from it meaning this affair and in another wording whoever carries out a deed that our affair is not upon not from the religion فَهُوَى raddun, It is rejected فَهُوَى raddun, The first riwayah is found in Sahihain and the second riwayah is found in Sahih Muslim only. So these are the two narrations that Sheikh Abdul Rahman Al-Sa'di began this compilation with. And there's a reason why he did this, and he will mention why two tremendous narrations many of the A'imma have mentioned that the affairs of the religion revolve around certain ahadith. Imam Ahmad from them he mentioned these two narrations are from those ahadith that the religion revolves around. So Sheikh Abdul Rahman Al Saadi he said these two ahadith tremendous ahadith yadkhulu kullu that the religion as a whole enters within these two narrations. It's fundamentals and the branches of the religion also That which is apparent And outward and that which is inward And he explains how He said rahimahullah, that the Hadith al- of umar عنه, Is Mizanun Lil Al-Batina The Hadith al- of umar That indeed actions are based upon intentions Is a Mizan is that which one uses as a yardstick for the actions that are baltina the inward actions, actions of the heart. And the hadith of Aisha radiyallahu anha is that which one uses as a yardstick for the actions that are upon the limbs or outward actions. Hadith of Umar, inward actions and hadith Aisha, outward actions. فَفِيهِمَا الإخلاص لِلْمَعْبُودِ وَالْمُتَابَعَةُ لِلْرَسُولِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So within these two narrations we have الْإِخْلَاسُ لِلْمَعْبُودِ Sincerity for the ma'abood the ma'abood is who my brothers? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Which hadith do we find ikhlas? Which hadith? Which of the two is the ikhlas? إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالْنِيَّاتِ المُتَابَعَةُ is... In the other hadith The hadith of Aisha And so these two Al-Ikhlas and Al-Mutaba'ah Sincerity and following the Prophet Sallallahu wasallam, They are the two Conditions the Shaykh He said For every speech And action Inward or outward So he mentions that the one Who makes his a'mal His deeds Sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And he follows In those actions The messenger of Allah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فَهَذَا الَّذِي عَمَلُهُ مَقْبُولُ Then that deed from this person Is accepted He has ikhlas And it has mutaba'a وَمَنْ فَقَدَ الْأَمْرَيْنُ أو أحده, أَحَدَهُمَا فَعَمَلُهُ مَرْدُودُ And whomsoever does not have both of them in this action or one of them. If a deed has no ikhlas or mutaba'ah, it's rejected. If a, if a deed has ikhlas but no mutaba'ah, what is that deed? It's a bid'ah. It has ikhlas but no mutaba'ah, it's a bid'ah, it's not accepted, it's rejected. If a deed has no ikhlas but mutaba'ah, it's shirk And it will not be accepted Both must be present Al-ikhlasu wal Both must be present He said that they are both rejected Or the action that is void Of both or one of them is rejected fi ta'ala And they fall within the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Wa qadimna ila ma'amilu min amalin, فَجَعَلْنَاهُ and manthura And that which they put forth As deeds we shall turn them away As scattered dust Meaning it will not be accepted It will be rejected In another verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He said That which Includes both of these affairs Ikhlas and Mutabaa دِينًا And who can be better in religion Than one who submits his face And he is a muhsin Who can be better in religion Than the one who submits his face And who is a muhsin So where in this verse is Ikhlas? Submits his face And where is Mutabaa? How is one a muhsin? بِالْمُتَابَعَةِ Muhsin in his deeds, he carries out his deeds well because he follows the sunnah of the Prophet in another, hadith, in another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentioned بَلَا مَنْ أَسْلَمُ وَجْهُهُ لِلَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنٌ أَجْرُهُ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِ وَلَا خَوْفٌ عليهم ولا يحسنون. Indeed, uh, but whoever submits his face, again, submits his face to Allah and he's a muhsin, then his reward is with his Lord. إِنْدَا وَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ they, they will not uh, f- feel any fear or sadness or sorrow. Again in this verse, he mentions submitting his face to his Lord. إِخْلَاسِ مُحْسِنَ And he's a muhsin. He carries out his deeds well. Both of these verses contain... These two conditions for an action to be accepted. The shaykh then explains the niyyah. He said, للعمل He said, the niyyah." Is that one intends to perform an action, he seeks out, and he wants to perform an action. The reason why he carries out this deed is ilā ilallah, to seek nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and hoping to attain Allah's pleasure and his reward. This is what the niyyah is. His niyyah is his qast. He intends to carry out these deeds for the sake of Allah. To seek nearness to Allah, to seek his pleasure and his reward. So what falls within this is amal, the niyya, the intention of the deed and the intention of who the deed is being done for. You have the intention for the deed and the intention for who the deed is being done for. لَهُ As for the intention of the amal, The Shaykh said that Tahara, the one being in a state of purity, is not correct and upright with all of its types, and salah, and zakat, and sawm, and hajj, and so on. All the ibadat, all the various acts of worship, they aren't correct unless there's an intention, a correct intention. So when a person carries out these deeds... It must accompany niyyah A specific intention for that act of worship You have for example from salah you have that which is obligatory That which is fard and that which is optional And so for each of these types requires a intention It requires an intention the Sheikh said you have Al-Fard You have Al-Fard muayyan A specific optional prayer And the Sheikh will explain what that is And then he said Al-Naflu Al-Mutlaq A general um, optional prayer <coughs> So the, the general optional prayer The Sheikh he said Rahimahullah, It is sufficient that a person just intends Salah It's a general optional prayer Salah He stands up to pray to Not for a specific reason it's the general optional salah And he can in just intend salah That's his niyyah As for that which is specific From a fard salah Such as fajr and dhuhr For example The obligatory prayers from them Or a nafal that is mu'ayyan A specific optional salah For example witr, Or the rawatib The two before Fajr or the four before dhuhr They are specific optional prayers Don't for a specific reason the shaykh he said Rahimahullah That the niyyah that one has for that salah Must be specifically for that salah He can't just intend salah He has to intend that specific salah And this is applicable to every other act of worship If it's a specific act of worship He must intend that specifically if it's general, then it's sufficient for, a general uh, niyyah is sufficient, like you mentioned for the uh, general salah. The shaykh then mentioned, rahimahullah, that one must distinguish and differentiate between that which is a adah, a custom, and that which is ibadah, that which is worship. For example, you have ghusl, that one bathes. But there are numerous reasons One may perform ghusl to clean himself Or he may perform ghusl to cool down In hot weather for example Or he may perform ghusl to remove major impurity So there are different reasons Ghusl for the dead The mayyid And for the jum'ah for example The Friday Ghusl for the Friday Prayer or on the day of Friday So if he wants to remove Major impurities What should he intend? That specific ghusl If he wants to perform a ghusl that is mustahab Such as The one done on Friday Then he must intend That specific ghusl So one must differentiate between adat, customs and ibadat and acts of worship the shaykh then mentions you can apply this also to zakat or giving in a charity F1. it could be for zakat it could be for expiation it could be for a vow that one has made it could be for sadaqah whatever the charity is or that he gives in charity it may be a gift there must be a specific intention for each type <laughs> all of these types of worship they all return back to the intention of the person the niya what he intends the sheikh then discusses specific Transactions and mu'amalat and interactions that may occur He said rahimahullah Hiyanul mu'amalat What this means is A person He carries out a transaction with somebody else The outward appearance is that it's correct It seems like a regular transaction Buying and selling But he has An ulterior motive or a purpose behind that And he uses it 's almost like a a deception or a plot for another purpose the the outward appearance that is correct <laughs> the outward appearance that is correct, but he intends by way of that something else. It may be that he intends riba money that is or wealth that is riba or he wants to Somehow an obligation that is upon him, he wants that to be removed Based upon a transaction or mu'amala Or he wants that to lead to something that is haram That which is the distinguishing factor in that mu'amala is his niya Not the outward appearance of the mu'amala And he, and he mentions that al Islam. He mentioned this in, in some kalam of his that we look at the ni or the nia is that which is considered, not the outward appearance of um, the Mu'amala. An example of this: uh, if you lend somebody money, this person owes you; he's in debt to you. So what some people do, they say that because from those types of people you can give zakat through is those that are in debt So they say that the money that I gave that person, that, that borrowed this money from me He considers that to be zakat Because he's in debt, but it's his own money And it's, it's a form of the obligation of zakat being lifted but of course, the ulama said this is not permissible. So there are certain transactions that people, outwardly looking, it looks like is correct, but the qas and the niya is that which is looked at. It's the intention. The sheikh said, "Rahimahullah, that Allah stipulated, as the wajal in al-Raja and al wasiyah Raja is when one divorces." his wife, and then he takes her back within the Idda period. And Al-Wasiyah is a bequest that one can give a portion of his wealth to those that don't inherit. And it can't be more than a third of his wealth. Allah has stipulated that Al-Raj'ah and Al-Wasiyah that when one carries out these two they can't be within that some type of harm. He does it to harm, whatever the harm may be. A person may want to give a portion of his wealth, and if he was to give that, that would harm those that were to inherit. And he does that with the intention of harming them. This, for example, would not be allowed. And this is the shart of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He also mentioned, rahimahullah, that which falls into the niyyah, the wasail, the means the maqasid, and he said rahimahullah, fa inna al-wasail laha al-maqasid he said rahimahullah that the wasail, the means they take the rulings of the maqasid but that which is intended if it is saliha then he takes the ruling of it being correct and good and if it is that if it is corrupt and bad then he takes that ruling wallahu Allah knows whoever wants to rectify from the one who wishes to cause corruption So this is all concerning Niyatu al-amal The niyyah of the deed itself, of the action If it is a specific optional deed or a fard and so on As the Shaykh mentioned, it requires every act of worship requires a specific niyyah And then he moves on to niyatul al-ma'muli lahu the niyyah of Who this deed is being done for And the niyyah al What he's referring to here is al-ikhlas Why does one carry out these deeds Who do, does he carry them out for For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Every single deed That comes from a person Every action Every statement all of it must be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. illa And they were not commanded except to worship Allah alone, making the deen sincerely for Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another verse, He said subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ala lillahi deen al khalis. Does not the religion, sincere religion, belong to Allah only? So the Shaykh, He said, Rahimahullah. That upon the abd, upon the servant, is that he intends niyat and and shamilah, a complete and comprehensive Niya intention in all of his affairs. That he intends by way of these amal, Allah Azza wa Jal and he seeks nearness to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, seeking His reward, hoping for His ajr, fearing His punishment, and then he always. Bears this niya in mind in all of his actions and statements. He always has this niya in his mind in all of his affairs. Why does he bear this niya in mind? Why does he always keep in mind that he's doing it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to establish ikhlas? This is his goal, to establish Ikhlas. Establish Ikhlas and to complete this affair. And he always strives with this. And he repels anything that may harm and affect that. Riyah showing off Sum'ah. The affair of others hearing about his deeds. He does not want his deeds to be affected with these affairs. He wants to establish ikhlas for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He should not intend praise from the creation, for example, through his deeds. This shouldn't be his intent. What his intent should be is ikhlas. That he does it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. He shouldn't seek position, praise. He does it for Allah only. This is his... Purpose And if he Worships Allah alone And he seeks his face Subhanahu wa ta'ala And then after that there comes Something from the affairs of the dunya Then walillah alhamd But it should not be That which he seeks The ghaya And his main goal and purpose should be Wajhullah, seeking the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeking his reward, without looking at the creation, without wanting some type of benefit from the creation. And this affair, my brothers, as the Shaykh has said, should be one that remains with us throughout our lives. In all of our affairs, we check ourselves. We look at our deeds, our statements, our a'mal, who is it for? Is it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Who am I intending through this? One strives and he struggles with his deeds and his nafs. He struggles with his deeds that they are upon ikhlas. And this is a great affair. The Prophet sallallahu said, innamal a'malu meaning the actions only occur by way of intentions and they revolve around intentions and indeed for every person is that which he intended meaning the correctness and uprightness of a deed whether it's accepted or not whether it's corrupt or not is based upon what, ikhwa his niyyah his intention whether it's complete Whether he's carried out that deed with his rights Or whether he's deficient The shaykh he said Whoever intends to carry out An act of worship Fi'lul khayy A good deed And his his intention is High and lofty Meaning he seeks nearness to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Then he will attain that reward From Allah And that jaza That recompense that is complete And whomsoever's intention is deficient And is lacking Then his thawab His reward and recompense Will also be Lacking based upon his niyyah And then he said "Rahimahullah, If his niyyah is for other than this affair This, this intention that is jaleel that is noble, being for the sake of Allah, Fatahul الْخَيْرِ He will lose khayr, he loses out on that good. And whatever he intends for, the maqasid, that are lowly and deficient, then he will attain that which he intended, as mentioned in the hadith. And the Prophet ﷺ gave an example in order for the affair to be understood and everything from the affairs of the religion and the dunya can be compared to this example. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whosoever made hijrah, migrated to Allah and his messenger, then his migration is for Allah and his messenger. (inaudible) He attained that which he intended. And his reward is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whomsoever made hijrah for a portion of the dunya he wants to attain, or for a woman he wants to marry, then his hijrah is for that which he made hijrah for, for that purpose. The Shaykh said, rahimahullah, this example of the woman was mentioned that he made hijrah to marry this woman. After giving a general uh, Qaida Being general in the affairs Of the dunya To show that all of these affairs Are lowly If it is not for the sake of Allah And his messenger Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Then everything that is besides that Is lowly Whatever it may be All of it is lowly Maqasid ghayru nafi'ah Intentions and purposes that don't benefit and this is why he, he said, rahimahullah, that when the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi was asked about the man who fought due to bravery and the man who fought out of a hamiyya, meaning defending his people or his tribe or so on or he fought in order to be seen in the ranks of those that were fighting the sahaba, they asked him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Which of these is in the path of Allah, for the sake of Allah? Which of these types of fighting is for the sake of Allah? And he responded, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Whosoever fights in order for the kalima of Allah, the word of Allah to be the highest and loftiest, that is in the path of Allah. The niyyah, it returns back to the intention. Another example the Shaykh mentioned is the different types of spending, of wealth that people may do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said in Surah Al-Baqarah, وَمَثَلُ الَّذِينَ يُنفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَهُمْ إِبْتِغَاءَ مَرَضَاتِ اللَّهِ وَتَثْبِيتًا مِّنْ كَمَثَلِ بِرَبْوَةٍ the likeness of those who spend their wealth seeking Allah's pleasure While they are in their own selves sure And certain that Allah will reward them Is the likeness of a garden Is the likeness of a garden on a height Meaning that their niyyah In giving this charity Spending this money is to seek the pleasure of Allah And they will attain the reward That reflects this niyyah And in another verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned And those who spend Of their wealth To show others To show people And they don't believe in Allah And they don't believe in the last day so there is a difference between the two The first ayah mentions those that give for the sake of Allah To seek his pleasure The second mentions those who give wealth in charity For others to see Riyah And it all returns back to the Niyah Waḥākaḍa jami'ul Aman. Apply this to all the other types of deeds The Niyah Our deeds that come from us, actions, or speech They differ in level and rank and virtue And in reward All of it is based upon The heart of the one carrying out those deeds The Iman that is found and the Ikhlas that is found To the extent the Shaykh mentioned, Rahimahullah That the person that has a truthful intention and even if he does not carry out that deed, he will attain the reward of those who carry out the deed. If he is sadiq, truthful in his niyyah. As mentioned in the verse in Surah An-Nisa, وَمَنْ يَخْرُجْ مِنْ بَيْتِهِ مُهَاجِرًا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ ثُمَّ يُدْرِكُ الْمَوْتُ فَقَدْ وَقَعَ أَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ And whomsoever leaves his house, migrating to Allah and his messenger... And then death reaches him. Then indeed, his reward is written and incumbent upon Allah subhanahu wa taala. And in the hadith, the Prophet sallallahu wa sallam said, "If the servant of Allah subhanahu wa taala is sick." or he travels well, then whatever he would do when he was well and a resident would be still written for him In another hadith Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa sallam said inna bil madinati aqwaman ma sirtum masira wala la qata'tum wadiya ila kanu ila kanu ma'akum ay fi niyatihim wa qurbihim wa thawabihim habasahum al-udhr sallallahu alaihi wa sallam said That indeed in Medina are a people That you don't travel or traverse a path Those that had left Medina for the purpose of battle That you don't traverse a path or cross a valley Except that they are with you In their intention And their hearts and their reward What prevented them? They have a Udhr they have a legislated reason that Meant that they remain behind But they are with them in their niyyah If they could They would have been with them But for this legislated reason They weren't However They attained that reward that they attained So the Shaykh he said Allah, If a person intends khair And then he can't carry that deed out Then he will have written for him a full and complete good deed. And being good to the creation with wealth and speech and actions is of course khair, and the reward of that is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, all of these actions and deeds that are mentioned being good to the creation, aqwal, salat, and zakat, and so on—all of these actions—they differ based upon the niyyah. The reward of them differ based upon the niyyah. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala he mentions in Surah Al-Nisa: "La khayra fi kathirin min najwa illa man amar bi sadqa'at, or ma'roof, or nas There is no good in most of their secret talks except in that which is a command of sadaqah or enjoining good or rectification between the people. (coughs) Meaning, فَإِنَّهُ خَيْرٌ In those affairs, there is khayr. And then he said, سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ اِبْتِغَاءَ مْرَضَاتِ اللَّهِ فَسَوْفَ نُؤْتِيهِ أَجْرًا عَظِيمًا And whomsoever does that, seeking the pleasure of Allah, then indeed we shall give him a great reward. Again, my brothers, this affair of khair, of these actions mentioned, sadaqa enjoining good, rectification between people, these are all great deeds. But what must it be based upon? Marvati one seeks the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ikhlas, his niyyah must be sadika, must be true, in his intention, seeking his face only, subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَرَتَّبَ الْأَجْرَ الْعَظِيمُ عَلَى فِعْلِ ذَلِكَ إِبْتِغَاءَ مرضاته. To end this verse, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala base the great reward upon? Those that seek his pleasure only. The reward is based upon that. It's mentioned in the hadith, as found in, in the Sahih of Imam al-Bukhari, Prophet said, من اخذ اموال الناس يريد اداه الله عنه ومن اخذها يريد اتلافها اتلفه الله بالله Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said whoever takes the wealth of the people and intends to give it back he takes it but he intends to give it back to them Then Allah will enable that to be given back Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will enable that to be given back Based upon his niya And whomsoever takes It meaning the wealth of the people And he intends by that Meaning taking that wealth To destroy it and to waste it and to squander it. Allah will destroy him. And so this is a severe threat. Again, return back and look at your intentions. If one takes, he borrows money and he intends to give that back to that person truthfully and Allah will facilitate that for him. Allah will make that easy for him. But if he intends to destroy and squander and waste, then Allah will destroy him. May Allah protect us from that. The Shaykh said, Rahimahullah, Look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the correct and right niyyah a reason for rizq, a strong reason for one to attain sustenance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To the extent that Allah will enable that to be paid back And he made the evil niyyah That niyyah that is evil and corrupt a reason for one's destruction He wanted destruction, so Allah will destroy him Based upon his evil intention The Shaykh then said rahimahullah that the niyyah also you can apply that to the mubahat, Those affairs that are permissible and the affairs that are related to the dunya Whomsoever intends by way of his kasb, his earning money, and his deeds, worldly affairs, if he intends by way of of these affairs, to be aided upon ibadah, to establish the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to carry out the wajibat and the mustahabbat, and he has a correct niyya, a truthful niyyah in his Food And his drink And his sleep And his rest and so on Then adat Become Ibadat His customary actions Become acts of worship And this is a fadl from Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Shaykh uthaymeen Rahimahullah He mentioned The aqil The one who has intellect His adat Become ibadat His customs That he carries out On a daily basis he, when he eats and he sleeps and so on The aqil His adat become ibadat For example When one goes to sleep His intention is I'm going to sleep In order to rest So I can wake up for The night prayer Or I can wake up for fajr Rested This is his niyyah. So then that of sleep becomes ibadat He eats In order to worship Allah to give him strength and so on. This ada then becomes Ibadah. And he similarly said, Shaykh Huthaymin, rahimahullah that the one who is negligent and heedless, his Ibadah becomes Ada. His worship becomes just customary actions that he does on a daily basis. He prays just for the sake of praying. Heedlessness. This is the affair of the one that is heedless. His ibadat become adat. Shaykh Abdulman Sa'adi Sa'di mentioned, وَبَارَكَ اللَّهُ وَلِلْعَبْدِي فِي أعماله. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should, uh, blesses the one, that the abd in his deeds and opens up for him the, the avenues of khayr and rizq and affairs that, that which he can't even think of. Based upon the niyyah. Allah will open up these avenues based upon the niyyah. And whomsoever misses out on this niyyah because of ignorance or being heedless then he should only blame no one but himself. And it's mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet wasallam. إِنَّكَ لَنْ تَعْمَلَ عَمَلًا بِهِ وَجْهَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا That indeed, you shall not carry out a deed seeking by way of that the face of Allah, except that you will be rewarded for it. To the extent of that which you give to your wife or your spouse from food, that you place in her mouth from food will be rewarded for that if it is done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so the shaykh finishes off by saying that that which is known from this hadith is that he combines and gathers the affairs of khair kulliha all of the affairs of khair. it is a right upon the servant the believer who desires salvation for himself and he desires benefit that he understands this hadith well And that his amal His deed Should always be in front of him Meaning thinking about his amal بَيْنَ عَيْنَيْهِ, نصيبٌ عَيْنَيْهِ In between his eyes meaning in front of him Thinking about it always What is the niyyah of this amal? Who am I doing it for? What is my purpose of doing this? Is it for the sake of Allah? Or do I seek something else? He should always check himself, take himself to account In all of his affairs At all times the Shaykh said This is the affair, the tremendous affair of the Niyya The Shaykh then briefly mentions um, An explanation of the second hadith The hadith of Aisha anha. He said, rahimahullah, as for the hadith of Aisha, for indeed the prophet ﷺ said, whomsoever newly invents in this affair of ours, that which is not from it, will be rejected. In another riwayah, another wording, whoever carries out a deed that our affair is not upon, fahuwa raddun, then it is rejected. Fayadullu bil wa bil It has a meaning based upon the explicit wording and is also an understanding as well. As for that which is explicitly mentioned then it indicates that every innovation that is invented newly into the deen that has no asal in the Book of Allah nor the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah whether that bid'ah is based upon speech such as the Jahmiyyah and the Rawafid And the Mu'tazila and so on Or it is Bid'ah that is Amaliyyah based upon deeds Such as worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala With acts of worship That Allah nor His Messenger legislated فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ All of that is rejected For those that carry those actions out وَأَهْلُهُ and those that carry these deeds out are blameworthy based upon the bid'ah, how reprehensible the bid'ah is, how evil the bid'ah is, and how far it is from the religion. So, whomsoever informs with that which Allah or His Messenger didn't inform with وسلم, or worship Allah. With that which he did not legislate or give permission for Nor his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa Came with or gave permission for فَهُوَ مُبْتَدِع then he is an innovator or فَهُوَ مُبْتَدِع And whomsoever makes haram Those affairs that are permissible Or worships With affairs that aren't legislated فَهُوَ مُبْتَدِع And he is an innovator so this is that which is explicitly understood from the hadith, the the and وَأَمَّا مَفْهُومُ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ That which is understood. He said, Rahimahullah, Whomsoever carries out a عمل, a deed, that the command of Allah and his messenger were upon, and that is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the correct aqeedah, and the correct deeds, whether that is wajib or wa mustahab, fa'amaluhu maqbool If it's based upon the affair that Prophet ﷺ came with, then it's accepted. Wa sa'yuhu mashkur. And his efforts will be rewarded. And then the Shaykh he said, Rahimahullah, this hadith is used as a proof. That every act of worship that is carried out in a way that is manhi, that is prohibited, فاسدا, then it is corrupt. Any act of worship that is carried out in a prohibited fashion or way or method, it is fasida. Because the legislation is not based upon that. Or this affair is not based upon the legislation. وَأَنَّ النَّهْيَا يَقْتَضِي الْفَسَادِ When something is prohibited, it necessitates فساد, corruption, and to be incorrect and rejected. And he said, وكل مُعَامَلَةٍ نها شارع عَنْهَا فَإِنَّهَا لاغية لَا يعتد بِهَا Every mu'amala, every interaction or deed that has been prohibited from, then it is laghiyah, it is futile and faults and it means nothing it means nothing and then we have the commentary of Shaykh Ubaid uh, that we will continue in the next lesson inshallah ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ajma'in